Hey everybody, St. Paul Peterson here, and welcome to another edition of Music on the Run. This is episode four, and today's guest is singer-songwriter Eric Hutchinson. Eric and I recorded this interview a few months back. He was in town recording in the back room of Creation Audio with a bunch of mutual friends here from Minneapolis. We sat down, we talked a lot about music, we talked about what it's like to survive on the road as an independent artist. We also talked about myotonic dystrophy, and this is something near and dear to Eric's heart. It is a disease that ended up taking Eric's dad's life. So Eric is trying to raise awareness about this. We talked a lot about mental health and how running has been a positive influence on him. And since we actually taped this a few months back, Eric has successfully completed the New York City Marathon. We'll talk about all that stuff and a lot more. That's on the next Music on the Run. And if you like what you're hearing here today, make sure you go back to where you get your podcast and press the subscribe button, first of all. Also, give us a rating. And if you have time, please write us a review. Most importantly, please share it with all of your friends so we can get some more partners up in here. We want everybody to know all the great guests that we have on here and all the tips that we're able to give you through these interviews. Today, our guest is Eric Hutchinson. Welcome, bro. Hi. Hey, man. So I'm going to tell everybody a little bit about you. Uh, he's an international platinum-selling singer, songwriter, and seasoned touring artist. Performed in all 50 states. Yeah. Shared the stage with such acts as Jason Mraz, Amos Lee, Ingrid Michelson, OAR, and Michael Franti. Did I say his last name right? That's right, I think, yeah. God. His single rock and roll earned him his first gold record in the United States, and the song became a number one hit in several countries. Bravo. We'll talk about that in a bit. <laughs> Eric lives in New York City and is an advocate for the Myotonic Dystrophy Foundation and Operation Smile. Thank you for coming by, brother. Yeah, for I sure. appreciate it so much. So, Glad I mean, literally, here. he just got done doing a record in the back room. We're at Creation Audio. Yeah. And, uh, why you are here a lot? You must love Minneapolis. Yeah, my wife always says when she doesn't know where I am on tour, I'm probably in Minneapolis. So what, what is it about I, Minneapolis? I don't know exactly. I mean, I I've just uh, done well here. People dig the music, so that's been great. But then also a lot of my band members, uh, Elliot Bloffus and oh, yeah. Ian Allison, and oh, yeah. they're from here originally. And uh, my uh, my uh, front of house guy, Miles Hansen. So it's just a lot of connections here, and I just uh, I just dig the vibe. You know, I feel like it's really um, culture appreciation here, but maybe without some of the attitude yeah. that I get back home in New York. So well, uh, you're supposed to have <laughs> attitude in New York, exactly. Right? But or sometimes, the down version. sometimes it's exhausting. You know, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Well, we're glad that you've adopted this as your second home. That's yeah. really cool. And recording here, like I, I was just telling you when before we started rolling that uh you asked me how long we've been here and i yeah. said 1986 <laughs> and you were intrigued by the records on the wall and you mentioned one in particular yeah paul abdul oh that yeah one, that one loomed large for me when i was a when i was a kid oh so. yeah what, that, were you, what were you playing on that stuff i well i did a lot of arranging and i played keys and bass and cool and that kind of stuff so yeah funny a lot of people probably don't even know this but she was my choreographer on my record i cut here in 86 mm. so when she 
she said, oh, I got a demo deal. I'm like, oh, isn't that cute? <laughs> she said, do you have any songs? I said, I'm tapped out because I just did a record, but yeah. I have a great friend who's got a, a bunch of songs, and let me hook you two up. I played her a song that was Forever Your Girl, and the rest is history. Yeah, right. You know? Multi-platinum history. Woo. I didn't realize until, I mean, I just liked the music when I was younger, and I yeah. liked her. I think she was my first concert even, but like. Wow, really? Yeah, but um, I didn't realize until like kind of recently when I went back and listened, like, oh, that's just totally grabbing that mini Minneapolis sound. And like oh, the, absolutely. You know, like I didn't really get it at the time. You know, I was you just kind of like what you like. But now I'm like, oh, man, that is right in there. It's really borrowing from, from everything that, you know, came out of here, so. Well, my buddy I was telling you about is Oliver Lieber, and he played with Jesse Johnson. If you don't know who that is, he was the guitar player in the time. Yeah, right. Then he hired me to play some of the stuff, and I was in the time. Cool. And my brother Ricky uh, produced Prince, and he ended up working on the record. So, yeah, the Minneapolis sound was definitely all over that record. But right, That's yeah. cool that you know about that, that, that record, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's really that fun. One. So, yeah, I mean... I've been researching you. I went on a run today. <laughs> of course, I went on a little four or five mile run and Good. I got Spotify in my head and I got the last record you did going on. You're eclectic, man. Thank you. you. I mean, you, I think that's so cool. <laughs> you know, a lot of different genres. How would, how would you describe? Man, I've been doing what, this a long time, and I'm still not good. At, whenever people are like, "What does your music sound like?" I'm like, I don't "Well, that," know. And, and I have the same problem. Yeah. So it's it's interesting for me to hear how you answer that. These days I kind of just talk about like my influences. Like I'll tell someone like, you know, I I love Paul Simon and Stevie Wonder and I'm trying to bring that together kind of. Totally. But I don't know. It's just singer-songwriters for me really, you know. Songwriters, songwriting was really important in my family growing up. It just my mom used to quiz me on which Beatle was singing the song and had I written hear them it in, and, your, in your music too. I mean, too, yeah, man. the Beatles for sure. Huge huge. That was kind of where music started for me and um, but yeah, I love all kinds of stuff. And I think these days, whenever you ask anybody what they like, they always go, ah, oh, I like everything, you know, a little bit of everything. And yeah. with the, the shuffle era, as I call it, kind of where like a song that doesn't make any sense can be next to another song and it just kind of works these days, you know, cause it has to. All right. Do you, I mean, do you ever feel the pressure? I mean, and we'll talk about the biz a little bit, but do you feel the pressure to, I have to have sound a certain way, or I've got to make a cohesive record and it's, oh, I don't got to sound like this. I mean, that's a malady for probably every artist. I mean, are yeah. you at the point where you're like, hell with it. I don't, I don't want to do that anymore. <laughs> um, I definitely felt that pressure, especially like when I was signed to Warner Brothers and oh, it's kind yeah. of the, the major labor world, that was definitely, there was more pressure of like, you need to, you know, fit into this box. We need to know what to do with you. Yeah. Uh, I'm less interested in that lately, but I've been kind of working within genres sort of like this record we're just finishing here is, my homage to 90s alternative oh, music. Yeah. Tell so, me a like, little bit more about that. Yeah, I mean, fans will want to know about Yeah, that so I kind of so. grew up listening, you know, when I was like first learning guitar and everything, it was like right in the height of like grunge and 90s alternative oh, stuff. Yeah. And so like that was the stuff I was learning to play on guitar. And cool. and that just like, it just feels really natural and I think is kind of where my songs are always sort of based. So hmm. I, I just sort of had this idea of like, what if I just sort of write a, it's almost a concept album. It's like a, songs about my high school days in the style of my high school days. Oh, cool. So that's the new one. Yeah, and so we've been kind of doing that. And, you know, it's like Weezer-ish and kind of uh, Lemonheads and stuff like that. Wow. So it's been, it was fun to sort of go back into my like 16-year-old brain and write songs from that perspective, you know, because uh, my life's not that exciting 
So it's fun. I need to like create new problems sometimes to write about, you know? Oh, the life of an artist. Right? Yeah. So exactly. you're, a, you're a bad dude. You play so many different instruments, man. I was checking you out, checking out the live show and stuff like that. So how, how, how did that come to be? I know your pops is a guitar player. Yeah. Guitar yeah. Player. My, da my dad was a guitar player and, um, my my grandmother was a was a classical uh, viola player, professional viola player, and she would um, she we lived I grew up in outside DC, and she right. would get hired. She did like she had her own string quartet thing, did weddings and stuff. But she uh, she would get hired when big acts would come through town and hire their whole string section. So right. she and you know when I was growing up, she was playing with like with everybody like Tony Bennett, oh, Stevie Wonder. My favorite. He was just here by the way, and I oh, yeah? missed it. Oh. Yeah. Never seen him live. That was the thing. She was doing this when I was just a little too young, so I missed all of them, like Ray Charles, Aretha Franklin, Smokey Robinson. Um, but but she was cool. really pushing on like us to take piano lessons. Okay, I'm sorry. I don't know. And who else? Uh, John Denver. Yeah? She played with John Denver. Yeah, she did? Yeah. yeah. And uh, Dude, I love John Denver. He's a cool cat. He was so cool. Great, simple, beautiful folk pop songs, man. Yeah. Yeah, God. good stuff. Stuff that stands the test of time for sure. Big time. Um, but yeah, my my grandmother kind of was like pushing, okay, everyone's going to take piano lessons in the family. And just, you know, you sort of had to play an instrument to be a well-rounded human being. Right. Um, and I just right away from as long as I can remember, just liked making up my own songs. Maybe because I didn't want to practice enough to be able to play other people's songs. But uh, It was your diversion, right? Yeah, right. But totally. I just liked making stuff up. I mean, I'm sure it was like that for you. Oh, yeah. It's just just what I like doing, you know. And and that's kind of where I am right now, too, where I kind of just feel like uh, I'm, a, I'm a beaver making a dam, you know. And the beaver, <laughs> the beaver doesn't finish the dam and go, hmm, is this the best dam I've ever made? Right. How does this fall into the legacy of dams and like <laughs> the beaver just makes a dam because it's what you do you know right. and that's sort of how I'm feeling at this part of my life of like I just write songs because it's, it's what I do it's right. like, I like being creative they're like postcards man you don't want to overthink them you want to just send them out and move on I like that right? I like really, that a lot yeah that's how it is for me otherwise uh, you've got to write the perfect postcard yeah Who I like to, that that's good should I go the or I love you or, no, 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 <laughs> no next and yeah. you have to go through a little postcard. I'm going to steal that one. That's you good. you may. <laughs> but I think it's, again, I think a lot of artists have that in common where they sometimes overthink situations or records or songs, or, or they can at different stages of their career. Yeah. Yeah, and that's been, that's been fun. <laughs> <laughs> the mental torment of that is just... Amazing. Yeah, I mean, I've been doing a lot of this album with live tracking as much as possible. That's so much more fun for me. I just definitely got way lost in a couple of my old albums where, really? you know, just the details by the, you know, I don't know if it's like that for you, but by the end, I'd just be like, I hate every I hate single note record. of this album. I don't want to hear it. It again. must be done. I hate right. all of it. You know, like, I just don't like that feeling. It's not worth it to me. And, and I don't think it really helps or serves the, the music or the art all that much, you know? So like, I'm just much more interested in like capturing the overall vibe. And there's a, there's a purity in that. Yeah. I like to think so. And it's definitely the kind of music that I, yeah. love and and that that era of music and and uh i mean that was one of the big things all this 90s stuff i was studying that was before pro tools so like stuff yeah. is stuff has got human error and like you Spoofs. know yeah i Loose, like baby. that though but it's i like but you that do stuff, that in so. your own music musically though yeah i heard that i'm like i'm so glad you let that fly <laughs> but it's cool it's great it creates that because we all know how to make perfect records right. we know how to do that but why? Yeah. 
you can play. You know, that's the beauty of that. And always when you make a mistake is always the thing that people talk about later or like, or, you know, when I say, do a take and yeah. someone, I was like, oh, that was too showy. And everyone's like, no, that was perfect. That was so great. You know, and like, or if like, that's the stuff I'm always pointing out in other people's records. Like, oh, you can hear in the background, he drops a glass right here or something, right. you know, and these days you just take everything out. But you can, but it's fun to have the little Easter eggs and stuff like that. Oh, you, um, you, the records that I've heard of yours, you, you seem to always record with a, a band, hmm. right? Is that uh, the early? Incorrect? I mean, the, the earlier stuff was kind of uh, like overdubbing and, and kind of piece by piece, but that, okay. that was just so um, laborious for me yeah. and, and just not fun. Like I said, like it's much more fun for me to put the guitar on and, and kind of do as much of it live. So the last couple of things have been as live as possible. How much do you like to play on your own records, meaning different instruments? I don't really like to. I, really? I, I'm really lately... I saw this documentary about Bowie, and it was talking about... Um, what album was it? It's Modern Modern Love, I think is the name of the album. And he played, like, nothing on it. And and he, that made me feel very free of, like, oh, like because I, I always felt like it's got my name on it. I have to have all... I have to be on it all the time. And I, 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 re yeah. I know that one. Yeah, but. yeah. And I'm not that good at some of this stuff. You know, I'd rather I'd rather bring in the perfect person who can just nail it. So right. I'm in sort of enjoying being more of the producer and and uh, you know, I play rhythm rhythm guitar and a, a little piano if I have to or whatever, but You're I'm, underselling yourself. <laughs> I think I've of myself as a, as a singer and a songwriter first. So Dude, you're I mean, it's funny. I was listening to uh, the last record and uh you are howling like an R&B soul singer. I'm like way up in the stratosphere with these lines and these runs. I was like, you prick. <laughs> I mean, I'm so blown away by it. And that must be from all your influences. You said Stevie. You said... Uh, um, uh, I mean... Paul the, Simon. Yeah, Paul uh, McCartney can get up there and do that stuff too. I, I yeah, I love John a lot. Lennon of, and some of your phrasing. Yeah, I appreciate it. And just a lot of soul music. I love kind of classic soul music and everything, and just kind of feeling the moment. That's what I. That's what I gravitate toward. Is is when like you hear music and you're like, this person really means it. Like you can hear it in the voice, or at totally. least they've gotten really good at making it seem like they mean it. Absolutely. But, yeah. <laughs> but even to the point where you even reach back into the production kind of sound. Mm. Of the 60s soul stuff on a couple tracks yeah. here and there. I think that's so cool, man. Yeah, thanks. Because the kids, they'll go, what is that? I've never <laughs> heard it before. <laughs> they all think it's new. Yeah, right. But we just know it's just good, old-fashioned R&B soul music. Yeah, exactly. And that's what it's all about. Okay, so I know you have limited time today. So I do want to talk about how you started off in the biz, right? So you you... How did that look for you? Did you start off right around in D.C. or? Yeah, I, I went to school up in Boston and then I just, I was always doing music but I started taking it more seriously and I just decided to give it a go. And I mean, that's the, one of the things I'm more proud of is I had no idea what I was doing. Oh, yeah. And I spent a long time doing the wrong things. But the fact that I've managed to make a living doing it is like, this is something I'm very proud of, you know? Cause well, like, as well you should be. And I just sort of started out like, okay, um, I guess I'll just, try play a bunch of open mics and like, I don't know, make fans there and start a mailing list. And I just, right. I was notorious for just like showing up, playing my like two songs at the open mic, oh, yeah? circulating the mailing list and then leaving and Where? going to the next one, you know? like What, what city is that? Uh, that was Boston and, okay. and New York a little bit. Okay. And, and then I was living out in LA for a little bit. I did it out there. And um, 
but that stuff was kind of lonely. I don't really, I didn't really like the hang that much. And like, you know, I kind of, I don't know. In some ways I don't always feel like I get along with lots of other musicians and things like that. And How uh, important is the hang to you, man? I mean, that's why I really love my current band, The Believers and everything. Yeah. Cause you know, when I do find the people then it's almost more important than the music, you know, or I think it really serves the music. That's why I always talk about that of like, if, if you're not happy off stage, it's really hard to be happy on stage. And that's really cyclical to me. So I've I've really got this band that I really love right now. But I yeah, I'm not the guy that wants to hang out late into the yeah. night at the club or just hang out in the studio if I don't have to. And <laughs> no. So what's your did you what's your jam? You want to go home hang with your your bride? What yeah. Is that the deal? I want to eat dinner. That's mainly it. I, <laughs> Speaking of it. <laughs> yeah. No, it's dinner. That's, Check, please. Uh, yeah, the dinners is what it's about for me on the right road, on. especially. And uh, I live live for food and um You cook? I do, yeah, yeah. Really? Yeah, and that's definitely one of the things I miss when I'm traveling now. Oh, wow. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. I just uh, I love movies and I love all kinds of stuff. I love music, but I need breaks from it sometimes. Amen you know? to that. <laughs> Amen to that. So yeah. uh, walk me through the Warner Brothers signing. Yeah, so... That was Madonna's label? Was yeah, that your right. First major? Yeah, so I've been doing it for a couple years at that point and was just busting my ass mm -hmm. and uh i caught on and <clears throat> with a friend who was at a different label and there was a little bit of blood in the water you know and the yeah. the a and r people started to come out and take a listen and i got signed to maverick records which was madonna's label through right. warner brothers and um i was just so excited that i didn't really notice as i was walking around that like the place was kind of crumbling on the inside like oh, you know they were God. getting ready to shut it all down oh. so i was like in the middle of making the first record and and I get the call of like, everything's on freeze. You're going home tomorrow. You can't stay in the hotel room. You know, it was just very much like popping the bubble. <clears throat> yeah. And uh, it was hard. It was really hard. And I really, you know, I'd been doing it a few years at that point, And I really felt that they gave me a little bit of money to go away pretty much, you know. And it's I really so just, disheartening. Man. Yeah. I just really felt like maybe this is the universe saying like, it's time to move on. And oh, maybe boy. I should use the money for something else and just kind of start another thing or something how old were you when that happened were you in your mid-20s yeah exactly yeah. yeah so you're like what is god telling me to do yeah <laughs> am i supposed to go to the bank now and be a teller or what not, not that there's anything wrong with it but yeah no i just you know it was it was really hard in the beginning partially because i said i didn't know what i was doing so i was yeah. doing a lot of i was but I, you know in retrospect i had a manager that used to say you'll use it all and i, I like that line it's like you just never know what from your experience you'll end up pulling from or Whoa. when show these days I'll be able to do something because I did a bunch of crappy shows back in my youth where I had to learn how to do this or that, you know? Right. And so You're always in school. Yeah, right. Exactly. It's true. You can draw. I mean, and I, I totally, totally agree with that. Yeah. So you get signed. Got signed. And Went then away. Pretty, yeah, and then dropped. And then... And I, then, and then, then the Perez thing. Yeah, well, so I'd, I'd spent a lot of... I just never had made, like, a real official album. I had a bunch of stuff that fell apart. I'd thrown money at, and it just had never come together. And I was just like, I don't think I can go on to something else if I don't at least just give it one mm. shot to at least see if I just made it and I can at least feel like I tried it all the way. So I made this album on my own, and then I didn't know what to do with it. And, and this blogger, Perez Hilton, found out about it from... A friend of mine who just sent him the music like cold as through like no, an email just out of the blue. Yeah, you know, as a fan, Ooh. and and he just liked it, and he put it up on his site, and and it just uh, 
it went viral, as they say these mm. days, you know? Like, it's one of the best days of my life, though, because it was just, like, everything connected for the first time, and everyone was calling me, and, you know, people who had been avoiding me and, and not returning calls, everyone's come out of the woodwork. you're your best friend, aren't yeah, they? Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, I'm sure you've had a bunch of those kinds of days, and it, it was just, but it was just a cool, it just felt like everything was happening. And it, that sort of wore off after a couple of weeks. Yeah, but you need that, man. Yeah, you but need, that, you need that. Yeah, for sure. That pat on the back. That's, yeah, that's so important, man. Definitely, and and it's also, a lonely thing being an artist. Yeah, and if you don't get that love and everything, well, no one cares, and you know my songs suck, and I'm just gonna go home. I, mean, <laughs> we, yeah. I think we all suffer with you know one form of that or another. Yeah, for sure. To get that nod, man. In yeah. such a bizarre way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was it was very surreal. I I say it was like my birthday, but like times a hundred or something. It was yeah. just, everyone was paying attention for a little bit and, and it really helped. And that, and that got me re-signed to Warner brothers who didn't, they didn't know that I'd already been signed there like six months ago. So it, co- it cost them a little more the second time, God, but, uh, <laughs> I hope you had a good lawyer. but, um, yeah, you know, so then I, I signed to Warner brothers and, and put that album out through them. And, and then just, I was just, it's just, you know, as they say, a blur kind of. I've done lots and lots and lots of just years on the road open for anybody who would have me yeah. and and doing tons of radio visits and just, you know, just traveling a ton and being young and, and busting my ass kind of, you know. Yeah, but it's exactly what you signed up for. Yeah, for sure. But I mean Did you sort like of, what you signed up well, for? Well that's what I was gonna say. Tying tying into everything in, in this podcast that was really frustrating for me because I didn't I wasn't that happy. I wasn't I wasn't happy the way I thought I was supposed to be happy when things were going Isn't that well. strange, man? So what, it's, it's what, such a terrible what, what feeling. What do you mean by that? You know, when I, I've sort of, I'd probably still do it on some level, but when I was first starting out, it's like, oh, if I could just play this venue or if I could just sell this many records or if I could just get into this radio station, I'll be happy and everything will be good. And But I was getting to these things and, and I wasn't happy. I was like touring so much and not being home enough and... Mm. Were and you just married not, at this time? No, I had I was okay. was dating my now wife, but okay. I wasn't wasn't married yet. But and she's always been really supportive of me doing doing this stuff and and traveling and um but yeah, it was just I just, the the road was lonely. I was playing the same 10 songs over and over again, doing 30-minute sets. Was it just you or was I it? had my band okay. out on a lot of it and um but I, I just was really burnt out and mm. that was really that was really hard for me to get my head around the idea of like, I have everything I'm supposed to want and it's not, it's not it, you know? And, um, I think I heard recently Prince said that, uh, I've been to the top of the mountain and there's nothing there, which (laughs) (laughs) I haven't been quite to the top, but I've, you know, I've I've been around the mountain, but you know, I just, I, um, I didn't have like my, my life in order you know i was just my my, my work-life balance which yeah. was not a term i really knew back then but well, no, nor does any 20 something maybe they do yeah. now yeah my daughter probably knows what that is <laughs> she's way ahead of her time so then what happens you get off the road and you're how you fried or what yeah i was you're fried in your game yeah i was you fried and going. we probably tore it a little too long on the first one but it was just you know continuing to go and mm-hmm. and uh went, went to australia and and uh couple other places and it was fun but then uh, i made i made my i had the sophomore slump in, in a lot of ways i because i made that first album independently and it got picked up and then the second one i had to make with Four with one. the label yeah you know so with an a&r man with an a&r man on that too? uh yeah i worked with some cool producers on that 
Um, I mean, it was just very different. You know, it was very, it was big budget and let's get everything right and let's make sure it all makes sense. And mm -hmm. it just took a lot of the fun out of it for me. Ah. I, I am proud of that record, but it was, um, yeah, it was just not that fun, really. It was stressful and like, you know, all the stuff that you always hear about on Behind the Music. And uh, <laughs> So what do you think is stressful about Avon? Do you think the expectations kind of freaked you out or what? Was it the, the budget? Was it? Yeah. Was it just, I think it was just the like. The hang wasn't good. Yeah. I think it was just like, what do I do now? You know, like, what am I trying to say? What do I want to say? And I had a lot of stuff. Mainly what I wanted to say was sort of what we're talking about. I wrote a lot of songs about like, it's not as, the grass isn't as greener as you think. Yeah. And, you know, and, and mm -hmm. the label was kind of like, nobody wants to hear that. <laughs> <laughs> we they need that hit. Yeah. It needs to sound like this. Yeah. You know, and they don't, we're like, they just like people don't. And it's somewhat true, you know. People don't want to hear about complaining rock stars and things like that. But I was, that's what really what I wanted to say at that time. And I got a little bit of that on the record, but in general, that wasn't, you know, that was kind of guided away. And so. Those weren't the singles that they were putting out. Yeah. And a lot of that stuff didn't make it on the record. And mm. Some of it did, but. Right. So, you know, it was just frustrating. And then that album sort of did what it did, and then I got dropped off the label. And, and that's frustrating because it felt like, well, it wasn't exactly what I wanted. But yeah, I don't know. It's In general, I'm really, really grateful for everything I've gotten to do. And, yeah. and I don't like to – I'm like kind of going off on a tangent here. but Not at all. That's I what think, this is all about. Man. When I talk to like younger artists and they're like, oh, what's the label thing like? I mean, I, I'm like – you get a lot of good stuff out of it, but it, you know, eventually I wasn't of use to them anymore and it was time to go. And in a lot of ways, I've been able to enjoy it a lot more when I'm kind of back in charge and like getting to decide what I want to do. Do you and, think you lost yourself when you were signed to a major? Or not necessarily? I lost myself a couple times. Well, <laughs> that again is something that we all suffer from. It's like, who am I supposed to be today? Who am I supposed to please today? Right, yeah. That's hard. That's just soul-sucking stuff. But sometimes you can't put a name on what it is, especially if you're in, in the thick of making a record like that and you're you're expected to follow through. Right. There's a lot of just people who are saying, you got to do this. And so, yep. so, yeah. You know, I, that's one of my regrets. I wish I'd been a little more sure of myself and a little more hard and fast on, like, saying, this is what I want to do and it's this or nothing. Yeah. But... You know, I was, I was scared of losing stuff, and uh, well, fear is a wonderful uh, power—not wonderful, but a powerful emotion, man. Yeah, yeah. It can wreak havoc on uh, on an artist or anybody. Yeah, but I mean, to, to, again, to be clear, like uh, so many great things came out of being on Warner Brothers, and I made all kinds of fans I would have never made, and got to do all kinds of stuff, and, mm -hmm. and made a lot of money I would have never made, and, mm -hmm. and so all that stuff. Like, I'm I'm happy and proud I did it, and. Um, you know, it, it was what it was. Hey, you guys, let's take a little pause here from the interview with Eric Hutchinson. We'll be right back on Music on the Run. Hey, everybody, did you know that we actually video every one of these podcasts? Would you like to see one? Head over to patreon.com forward slash music on the run podcast and check it out we've got everybody on there debbie gibson steve miller yours truly and every interview that we've done will be on there 
You just got to become a partner. There's three different levels you can go. The top two, you'll be able to see that video. And really, it is worth it. And it also helps us out to be able to have a little extra change to be able to produce these podcasts. You really are partnering with us. So we appreciate it. Go to patreon.com forward slash music on the run podcast and you'll see all the choices there. And now back to Eric Hutchinson on music on the run. So what's life after Warner brothers? How did, how did that, how did you pick that up and what was the next? I mean, I don't, I'll just fast forward to a couple years ago. I really kind of thought I was just done making music. I, I mean, I truly felt like I was just, again, not having fun and I just felt sort of trapped by, the touring and the and this mm. playing the same songs over and over and and um, I really was like okay I'm gonna stop you know I'm gonna take a, I'm gonna stop doing this and I sort of made a mini announcement and my wife made me not say I was retiring she was like I don't just say anything but that because you're gonna right. want to do it again and I'm like right. I'm not gonna want to do it again yeah. and then you know the second I really truly said to myself like I don't want to make music anymore I felt this great connection come flooding back which was just like, I just want to make music that I enjoy and have fun with and not that I feel like has to fit on the radio right. or, or please certain people or anything like that. And and I don't know. So I don't know who my fans are anymore or who's stuck with me. I've got some... They still keep coming to the concert, Yeah, I've got girl. some diehard fans and some people that are, are really great. But to me, it's just like, I'd, I'd rather get a different job if I'm going to just have to make music that's not exciting to me. Yeah. You know, like... That's the whole reason that I like doing it, and, and like the challenge and the creativity and putting the puzzle together, and so that's where I'm at right now. And I'm seeing, you know, can I do that? Can I make a living doing challenging it that yourself? Way? Yeah, I guess. No, but that's good. Are, are, you got to continually challenge yourself. Are you? What is there left to do? You know. Yeah, and that is. And we're a, way too young to retire, like you said. Right. Yeah, dude. If you got the music in you, that's not going to happen. Yeah, like I said before, kind of like the the beaver making the dam. I just at this point, I'm like, I'll always do it, and it's just a matter of how seriously I want to take it or what I want to do with it. But uh, I I need the expression. That's the big thing I've yeah. learned is you know I need to create something to feel uh, fulfilled. How long did you take a break for? It was way too short to to be it was embarrassingly <laughs> short. <laughs> You're like. I'm done. I'm ready again. Kind of. I mean, uh, then I made that album, Modern Happiness, which was... Yeah, which, which is was, killing, by the way. You. Yeah, and that was really just like, first thing I did, I was like, I'm going to make all the song titles as long as I want them to be because right. like, I just, I was just like, I had a couple of rules that either I had put on or I felt like I had to put on and I just took away some of the parameters and just yeah. said, I just want to have fun and make this album with my, my touring band and it was just, you know, a big love fest and that was... I was like, I don't even know what I'll do with this thing, but um, I'm really proud of that record. And we when we toured. Should it, be. Thank you. As when we toured, we we played the whole thing in its entirety for the first part of the show, and and just kind of presented it. And there was just yeah, you know, I wrote. It was very personal to me. I wrote a lot about um, depression and um, my dad. Yeah, he recently passed away, but my dad's uh, had had myotonic dystrophy, which is kind of muscular dystrophy. So I have a song about that, and I was really talking a lot about that on my tour and to my audiences and stuff. And that song is beautiful. Thank man. you. Thanks. That's a big standout. I can feel your your heart on that one. Thank you. Um, and I'm sorry about you. Yeah, pops, man. yeah. Um, I played his guitar on it, which was cool. So 
It was a nice. Is that the one in the video connection. that I yep. saw? Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> so he, he's the one. You wrote his name on the back mm-hmm, of the headstock. Yeah, How great yeah. <laughs> is that? That's so beautiful. Yeah. So that kind of stuff is cool. And and uh, now I have a daughter, and I was letting her mess around, oh. with the, mess around with the guitar and stuff. She's she's not even a year old yet, but you know uh, that changes things, doesn't it? Yeah, but it was cool to have her like. It's a family heirloom, really, at this point. But yeah. Um, but all this to say, like, I want to be able to talk about whatever I want to talk about, and I don't want to. I'm trying to live my most authentic self, as they say. Yeah, you know? no one could do that better than you, man. <laughs> right. Yeah. And then people were gonna love that about your music because, I mean, in in my humble opinion, when you're that authentic, that attracts people, and and you can feel the realness in that. So kudos to you. Thank you. Talk to me a little bit about your band, and and then I we have to get into what you do when you're on the yeah, road. Because yeah, yeah. This is called music on the run, and we haven't gotten there yet. But this is so important to me, man. This is yes. so cool to to, to get to know you a little bit. And, so t- yeah, talk to me about the Believers, man. Uh, yeah, the the Believers kind of really. I've had a lot of great musicians I've toured with over the years, and and this band really just gelled together. I've been with Elliot Bloffus, who's a Minneapolis native. I know um, him very yeah, well. Yeah. What a talented cat. He's an amazing Ooh. guy. And, and I've been playing with him for, we just celebrated our 10-year anniversary together, and he's my MD. And and so we've been together a long time. And then uh, this my drummer, Brian Taylor, came on somewhere along the way. And, and Ian Allison, the bass player, also a Minneapolis guy. One of my favorite Yeah, he's just a, people on the planet. He, he always says, uh, man, his, his Instagram says, bass and enthusiasm. And it's, <laughs> and it's really true. It's like... That face. Yeah, you know, it's that face, and he just I, makes I me feel like uh, hug him. Yeah, as soon as I see him, and I do <laughs> because he's that kind of guy. Yeah, for sure, and and he just he, he makes me feel really empowered to do anything. He's just very positive about everything. That and, means he's doing his job yeah, well. Yeah, I, I mean to support what what you do. Yeah, and you know? we we just really gelled as a as a group, and we were touring, opening for Kelly Clarkson, and we were oh, playing these right, big yeah. arenas and like sheds and stuff like that, and it was a big place to fill. And we really kind of just bonded and, and really gelled as a group. And and I was like, you know, we were midway through and I was like, I think the band needs to have a name, you know, like I need to be able to yeah. shout out the name here when we're right. when we're finishing the set and stuff. So they came up with the believers. And uh yeah, it's just it's such an important part of the music making to me now. Well, I bet <laughs> you we were speaking of the hang earlier. That's gotta be an important element of not only on stage, but off stage. Yeah, I mean, I mean, sometimes it's the reason for me to say yes to some shows is like I'd love to see those guys that I don't get to see, and and, right. and we really have a special, unique bond, and and are like family, and and we love kind of getting back together and getting to hang out, and then go back to our other lives, you know. But mm-hmm. um, I'm really grateful, and I've really learned a lot from them. They're just really we have a saying in our band that not all great musicians are great people. Oh, true. uh, But these guys are great musicians and great people. And I've really, I've learned a lot from them about how to be kind and uh, be professional at the same time. Right on. Well, let's talk a little bit about fitness, man, because that's that's what we're here to do. So tell me like a a day in the life on the road. What, how does that fitness thing fit in for you? Yeah. I mean, that's, I was really happy when you asked me and when you said that this was what you guys talk about, because I do think that's something that took me a long time to get on the road. I used to, I just find so much about conserving my energy okay. on the road. And I I used to like, especially in the beginning when I was traveling, I would go out and I'd try and see a museum and do all this stuff. And then right. by the time the show happened, I was just beat, you know? <laughs> so tired. Yeah. A little catering and a little... Yeah, yeah exactly. Show. Yeah. But 
now I'm really like a lot of the day is about sort of getting a good lunch. As I said, I like to eat, yep. but then getting in and exercise. Um, I started working with a, a vocal coach named Liz Kaplan in New York. And one of the big things she really works into the thing is a lot of stretching and into the singing. And like, hmm. she really just changed my opinion on, or just educated me on like how much opening up my hips and opening, using thinking of my whole body has to be stretched out before I can start singing. Really? So yeah, a lot of huh. my, a lot of my pre singing pre-show rituals are, you know, I'm using my mouth, but I'm also stretching my, my legs open and my arms mm. and, you know, my band likes to make fun of me. Of course I, they do. Make it's ridiculous their job. things. But I'm never embarrassed by it. Cause I'm like, <laughs> I, my job is to be able to hit that one hey, note. You know? that. So I'm like, I, I'm more impressed that people can do it without warming up. I mean, it's totally changed my voice and how I approach stuff. And so all Stronger, that, all that being more said, dependable. yeah, yeah, for sure. And I can, I can wake up in the morning and it's not there, and I, but I have confidence that like I know there's a certain amount of stuff I can do to at least get it into a working shape. Right. Um, Crisis mode. Yeah. If there is one, you can go. Okay. Yeah. I have the tools. Yeah, and I mean, that's a huge because otherwise it's waking up and it's just panic in the morning, you know. Oh, and, it's the worst. Oh I, it's hard God, to explain. Yeah, to other musicians that if you're not the singer, because it's like it's like you wake up and you you open your guitar case and the the guitar's been smashed in right. while you were sleeping and you're like uh how am i, I supposed to do this yeah. yeah so you need to find the, the that's so important and, and and i know a lot of artists will be listening to this and it's fascinating i think to to see how different people w treat their chops and how they yeah. warm up or warm down or if, what is crisis mode how do you i mean do you go straight to the doctor and get uh what is it the uh cortisone or whatever yeah. or could you avoid prednisone i i have I've gotten that once i've done that once and that was it yeah but that was uh that was uh scary yeah you know i mean the main things for me for my voice are rest it's it's not very rock and roll but i go to sleep early and i try not to talk if i can avoid it in the day and or you know just really like being aware of how much i'm using my voice mm -hmm. but getting to sleep is the biggest one because it recharges myself, but also I'm not talking to anybody late at night and hanging out. I'm not right. in a bar screaming and stuff. And so I try to avoid alcohol as much as possible when I'm on tour. And okay. I'm kind of just going to sleep. And I mean, because my, my voice is just very sensitive. And if I am out yelling and stuff, I just, I can feel it the next day. Oh, and, yeah. and nothing is worth it to me. Very rarely is it worth it to me that the next day I'm like, ah, I'm not, I'm not able to sing the way I want to. Like nothing feels better than going out on stage and being able to just float the way I want to be, right. you know? Just know and be confident that it's going to be there and yeah. you get to do what you, yeah. what you want to do. So I, I'm pretty boring on tour and uh, resting my voice. And, no, I, and trying call, I wouldn't to, call that boring. I'd call that smart. Well, you know, it's professional, I guess. If yeah, I'm being God forbid, nice. right? Yeah. God. Um, but... All that to say, so I've been really aware of my my body and mm -hmm. how much my whole body is important for me singing and feeling like I can sing. And so I try to do a lot of things on tour that are related to that. A lot of like uh, yoga okay. and Pilates. And uh, I do go running a lot as well just to, you know, because there's a lot of... We have a runner here. Yeah. If, we, have, we have a winner. <laughs> we have a runner. Our first runner. Yeah. Well, if you're a musician and you're on tour, you, you know, like it's a lot of sitting around a lot of the time. Totally. You know, it's very easy to have not done anything all day by the time you go on stage. And that can really just mentally, it oh, messes yeah. me up, if nothing else. So I've, you know, and also it's a really cool way to check out a city. city. Like, you Absolutely. know, you know, that's the best. You can get a run in and kind of just see everything and feel it. And um, so that's really big. I'll do, a, you know, a couple runs a week. 
And then, like I said, the Pilates and the yoga, I can really feel the difference when I do them like that day wow. in the show. Like it's just, I, I run pretty tight in general. So like opening up the hips and yeah. like stretching everything, sweating out stuff, I, I really do notice it. So hmm. I try to exercise every day when possible. And I think it's just, again, like as much for, for the brain as it is well, for That's me. what I was going to ask you because for me, when I go on a run... I get to get away from the phone, email, social media, yeah. all the things that are demanding of us now as artists. I can either go listen to uh, Today It Was You, <laughs> which was awesome. Um, but I've learned when I was going on tour with uh, Peter Frampton, I would learn songs just by drilling them into my head and not thinking about where I was going to have to play. Right. It's just grooving on the music. So it's a real escape for me. And mentally, I don't get that if I'm sitting behind my laptop or wherever the case may be or yeah. in the studio. It really, really helps energize my creativity and my mental balance because it, yeah. it can be... I don't know if you find this, but I a lot of times I find if I'm working on a song or working on an idea, a lot of the pieces will come together on the run. Exactly. Stuff, stuff suddenly makes sense in a way that like... It didn't before. I get a lot of good ideas. Thinking about it, yeah, exactly. Right. So, like, that's another creative bonus. Is you know, I sometimes have these epiphany moments that actually make sense of a lot of the jumble of stuff I've been yeah. doing. So that's really great. And you know, but I talk to some people like, oh, I don't run, or I mean, you can start with a walk. I mean, my wife and I have a saying where it's like, anything's better than nothing. So it's like, oh, I don't have the time for a five yeah. mile run, so I'm not going to exercise. So it's like we try to just well, you can go out for two miles and just get something done so two miles I, 20 minutes yeah in my case maybe a little longer in your case <laughs> you're younger than me he's probably running seven minute miles no i'm not that fast at all did you just do uh i read that you did a a half marathon when yeah. was that uh that was last year i guess my wife did it she was pregnant while she did it oh awesome So she won up to me but oh, of course. Uh, and she was like having to stop to go to the bathroom a lot and i was like yeah we're stopping for you not me you know <laughs> What's your wife's name? Uh, Jill. 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 Hi, Jill. And, yeah, hi, Jill. Way to go. And so, actually, she's talked me into, we're going to do our first, uh, my first full in November in New York. She's done one. Are you doing the New York? We're doing it, yeah. And Did you qualify for No, that? I didn't qualify, but we, we get raising in through funds? the, yeah, through, okay. the, through the fundraising stuff. So, uh, I've been kind of working on that. I still don't totally have my head around it, but you I kind of just want to do one. You know, I just want to do one to have it, check it off the bucket list. But I don't think I'm the guy that's going to get like addicted to having to do them all the time. Like my brother-in-law is a extreme like trail runner. Like, oh yeah. He'll go out and just do 25 miles on a whim just for fun, you know. And, Sounds like our producer Davide. Oh yeah? He, yeah. Yeah. He's nuts. He's, uh, he's a little out of his mind. He's like, come over to my house. I got a lot of hills. I'm like, no, <laughs> that is not happening. <laughs> oh yeah. But, but all that's that awesome, stuff, man. That I so have you. If you're no November, you're probably just getting ready to start training for that. If you yeah. don't train for that, you're in yes, big that's trouble. what I've been telling my wife. I'm like, because she didn't really train that much for the half. She's like, I can just do it. It's mind over matter. I'm like, we're oh. not as young as we used to be, you know. So yeah, I've been I've been running. I'm running pretty often, and and like I said, it just uh, and here in Minneapolis, I was I got to do a couple of runs on the uh, what's it called? It's that great path, the the green... Greenway. Yeah, the Greenway. Sure. I mean, especially this time of year and everything in the summer, it's just beautiful and um, it's been a really nice treat here. So... I probably passed you. <laughs> I ran, like I said, I ran four today and I ran nine. Oh, wow. On, I don't remember, Tuesday. Yeah, it wasn't Dude, smart because good. we just did a half on 
Saturday. Oh, no way. It did not go well for me. <laughs> it was a run-walk half. See, that's my thing, though. It's all about finishing. Like, I don't even know my times. Like, I, that's not my thing. I, I was never good at sports because I'm not competitive enough, you know? Yeah. But I like this thing because it's really just about, like, there's only one thing. Did I finish it or not, you know? Correct, like, yeah. And did I feel better and did I do it? And it's kind of like, I enjoy it for that. And, and um, yeah, it's I have a couple friends that are just, they're so healthy on the road. And, and the joke is kind of like, you know, yoga is the new drugs and stuff, you know? It's like, <laughs> but it is. I'm like, and I'm not, my, my rider is super boring and really healthy because the hardest thing Great. to find, I mean, you can find junk food everywhere on, on sure. the tour, but the hardest thing to find is like actually good things. And I'll right. just, I'll just house whatever's around. So if like, if there's a huge bag of Snickers, I'll just eat all of them every day. And I, so I, I just sugar have to like, junky over yeah, here. I, I run to, so I can eat sugar. Yeah, exactly. I, I run so I can have dinner. A yeah. Big dinner. Okay, so so let's talk a little bit about how you you, you said your rider is boring and healthy, yeah. but that's really cool because it's so easy to get on the tour bus. Those three pizzas are for me. Yep. You guys get your own. Yeah. So you, that that ain't happening. Sometimes it'll happen later, but I don't. I'm not usually doing that stuff. I mean, whatever. I eat all kinds of crap all the time. But yeah. I just try to give myself better options. You know, it's like, and so it's you know, it's just trying to be healthier. It's like nuts and fruit and stuff just a healthier option that hopefully still getting me but you know i feel better and, and that's a big one too it, yeah. it's a years and years of just eating whatever you know mm -hmm. and you feel like crap and and um i generally feel better if i'm sort of just taking care of myself yeah and, and that's you. that's a lot of it you know i mean i'm i was just thinking today because i've been in the studio i'm kind of like in tour mode a little bit here yeah. of just like getting up doing some exercises, getting my like mentally ready. Right. And I was thinking like, man, I, I should take care of myself this well at home as well <laughs> as not just like when I've got to be ready to perform and stuff. Right. Um, but you know, it's, it's a different thing when I'm home. I just kind of get up and the day's happening already. And um, You move along. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So what's next for you, man? I mean, you're here actually, excuse me, playing a show. Yeah. Uh, tomorrow night? Uh, yeah, tomorrow night at the Cedar and uh, doing, I'm doing some solo acoustic stuff. I, I, that's how I started touring for many, many years. I was just playing by myself because mm -hmm. that was the only way I could afford really to get around. Yeah. And now, um, I still like to really connect to those kinds of shows. So we're doing this this fall. We're doing the I'm calling it my uncorked shows. We're doing um, solo acoustic shows at at wineries and uh, stuff like that. So it's you know come have have some wine and and listen to me play the music the way I wrote it. You know, that's so cool. Yeah, lots of stories. Fun. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know, and, and I like to talk and share some stuff. To me, that's always what I really love: learning facts yeah, about absolutely. music. You know, oh, this song was actually written about this, even right. though it was this. And so I like to share that kind of stuff. You do a really good job of that on on, on uh, the internet, though, too, with your podcast and stuff like that. Thank you. Going through and talking about all that. I think that's super vital on how you connect with your fans and how you keep your fans and. All that. Yeah, it's you know, I, I've just done a lot of like, what would I really want if I loved an artist? Like, what would I want from that artist? So I've just done all right. the things that I love other people doing. I don't know how many people actually listen to my stuff or like it, but yeah, we did these podcasts, kind of really doing a deep dive on like each song and what yeah. it's about. And and um, like I said, I'm just like trying to do things that are inspiring to me and, and that make me excited to get up and... Um, Make music. Yeah. So tell me just a little bit. We're talking about health, obviously. But yeah. how do you keep your family healthy while you're on the road? Meaning 
how do you keep those ties with your baby yeah. and your bride? That's definitely Super you probably could, could offer me some help on that stuff for sure. But <laughs> I'll be the big brother here anytime. Yeah, yeah. You got my number. But um, it's hard. Still man. learning definitely with with the child and everything. I'm. I just did. I took took a lot of time off because mm-hmm. I just really wanted to be around. Yeah. Good and, for you, um, man. That's important. Yeah, you know, and I'm important. fortunate I can do something like that. But it's yeah. it's just time to sort of get back to work and, um, but yeah, you know, my wife has a pretty flexible job, so she actually comes out a lot. Sometimes it's good to be the boss, you know, because the the family can come out and be on tour with us for a bit. We took our oh, that's great. But we took our newborn daughter out. She was like, I don't know, she must have been two or three months old, and she came out on the tour bus with us. Oh man, and that was hell. Like that was, was that was way harder than bringing her home from the hospital. Like that oh. was really hard. But we got through it. We got the picture of us with her in front of the tour bus and everything. Classic. So we did it. But um, that was difficult. But having the family come out and and sort of mm. being able to that's my wife's really pushed me in that direction of like you're already in blank place. Why don't we make a trip out of that? Or you know, she seems like she's really cool and supportive. She is very supportive and very positive and. Um, you know, she but it's like weird. She doesn't really ever like want to come out to the shows when I'm in like Nebraska. It's always oh, yeah? like she always shows up when I'm in California. Then suddenly when she she's come available. to Minneapolis, yeah. man. She comes to Minneapolis a lot. Okay. And uh, we've had a good time. Celebrated her birthday here one year. She was a, a support about that. I was like, I got a show on the birthday. I'm sorry. <laughs> Whoops. Ooh. Yeah, yeah. But bad husband. In general, you know, it's a lot of just I mean, it's amazing. I I'm not sure what it was like when you were starting. You had to get to the payphone. I'm not even making, you know, I'm being serious. I had like, to get to the payphone. But it's true. I have some, I had some band members that were, were a little bit older that I play with, and they were saying, like, you'd, you'd oh, show dude, up. It was, to, it was, I'll tell you, it was before FaceTime. Let's just put it yeah, that way. I mean, that's, an, that's the future. We're living in the future. FaceTime, being a dad now, you are golden. Yeah. Back in the old days, I was like trying to get my six month old to throw up on the phone. <laughs> Anything. <laughs> Hi, honey. Yeah. Yeah. I would, oh, that's so cute. She's barfing on the phone. <laughs> but it's, we, it's like sometimes a gift and a curse with how much we can be connected because like sometimes the FaceTiming is almost like it's it's like it's a tease almost or else sometimes can make me sadder even. Huh. It's like, ah, it's I'm so close, but I can't actually yeah. be there, you know. And But it is it's amazing. It's it's amazing. And just being able to text throughout the day and not have to actually find a time right. to, to jump on the phone and, and connect has been really helpful. So... Modern um, technology helps on with that, helps on making records and yeah, the whole it, bit. Modern technology is great in moderation, I feel like. <laughs> Everything's know. good in moderation. <laughs> I don't true. even know how to say that word. That's my problem. <laughs> Snicker bonds? Oh, I'll have 12. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. Yeah. That's why we run. Yeah. That's why we run. So, do you have any gadgets or anything that you have that assist you in your running, or do you have a certain shoe you like? Or no, I'm not that fancy. I do. I, ju- fan- I use an app. I just use an app that tracks, and uh, that's helpful to kind of just know what I'm doing. And and but like, I like being able to look through them all and just sure. see all the, all the places I've Stra- gone for is it runs. Strava or Map My Run or anything. Uh, like Map that? My Run. Yeah, yeah that's wh- it. I've used that for years. Yeah, totally. Totally works great. And um, it was cool about that is that people can chime in and go. Dude, nice run. Right. Way to yeah, go. Yeah. Like, oh. Yeah. It's nice to connect that way. I mean, it, I, I I love that stuff. Yeah. We, use, uh, we use Strava, which yeah. is another great app. Okay. If it's not on Strava, it doesn't happen. That's yeah, right. okay. Got yeah. it. Oh yeah. We'll hit you to Strava. It's, <laughs> yeah. It's pretty cool. Yeah. But yeah, you know, I mean, to me it's like I, I said, sort of it's been I don't know if it's like that for you, but just 
there's that time where you're like, I know I'm going to feel better after the run or whatever, but I really don't feel like moving right oh, now. Yeah. I'm just getting myself motivated. It's like the, that's the best self care there is where it's like your whole body. Well, I don't understand why it does that. Why your body's telling, you no, even yeah. though you know, you'll feel better afterwards. It's, it's such a confusing thing, but yeah, it's, it's running is a funny thing too. And when you start getting up into the, in the higher miles, your legs may say no, and your lungs may say yes. That's the boat I'm in. So it's mm. like, when is it bad to keep going? And what is it, when do you have to push through? Right. These are different things. And then you have to go, do I got a show tonight? Maybe I shouldn't do 18 miles tonight. <laughs> I finally learned that the hard way. You're doing, like, so you're just doing 18 miles on a, on a casual a show day? day? Oh, well, they're not casual. You've got to psych yourself up. <laughs> yeah, for yeah. But it's part of the, It's you'll see. It's part of, you've got to do that to yourself. Right. You don't want to just all of a sudden show up and try to run 26. Yeah. Unless you're crazy. Yeah. I'm yeah. not crazy. No, no. Plan that one out. But uh, it, you'll figure it out, man. It's it's a cool feeling to be able to say, oh, I've got a, yeah, I've run a marathon. Yeah, right. In I've fact, always, I've run four. Have you run four marathons? I have, not well. So, like I said, man, it counts. You've a couple of good ones. Two good ones, two bad ones. Yeah, yeah the last one, not so good. You finished them all? I finished them all. There you go. I've got the proof. I've got the pictures. I've got the Strava. I've got the, 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 all that stuff. Well, dude, this has been just so enlightening to hang out with you. Thank you. Let, thanks for letting me blabber on here. No, for a man. While, it's, but. it's super educational and it's just good to, to get to meet you. I've heard your name for years and Likewise. it's really fun to actually meet you. Well, great, man. Thank you so much for taking the time Thank out. Thank you. What a pleasure. Eric Hutchinson on Music on the Run. Thank you. We'll see you next time. We out. Music on the Run was hosted by yours truly, St. Paul Peterson. Produced by my buddy Davide Razo. Edited and recorded by Ivan Sobostiano. Recorded at the Workhouse in Minneapolis, Minnesota. Remember, keep your head buried in the sand. You'll feel much better. Well, that's it for this edition of Music on the Run. And I want to say a big thank you to Eric Hutchinson. Man, it was so great to get to know you a little bit better, Eric. And thank you for your uh, transparency on the show. Uh, I think that a lot of people will get so much out of you sharing your story. You're a hell of a musician and a hell of a guy. Wish you all the best in 2020 and beyond. Hey, and a special congratulations to you, Eric, for finishing the New York City Marathon. Join us in two weeks when we're going to have Kevin and Michael Bacon on, also known as the Bacon Brothers. That's in two weeks on Music on the Run. Until then, thanks so much for listening. And if you like what you heard, please make sure you subscribe wherever you got your podcast. Leave us a review and a rating. And if you really love us, go to patreon.com forward slash music on the run podcast, where you can become our partner and actually see the video podcast. We'll see you soon. Thanks so much.